0: Have you ever wanted to raise your hand and ask a question during the Sunday morning sermon? Are you looking for a place to find real hope? Join us on the
1: Real Life Living in the Here and Now podcast as we tackle life's most unwelcomed questions and learn to live free and real. Each week, we'll take on a subject that cuts through the hype and deals with the hurt and brokenness everyone has but doesn't know where to begin. And now let's join our host as
0: we get real with ourselves, with God, and with you. Looking back over the last few weeks, as we've talked about pitfalls, holdups, and as we've dove into church planning, the root basis of church planning, and as we continue to build up, and coming out of our previous weeks of where we talked about the pitfalls, the holdups, Let's dive into a deeper part of church planting today, and let's look at leadership pipeline. So before we go further, Jamie, what in the world is a leadership pipeline? Well, let's talk about the pitfall, Anthony. All right. You
1: plant a church with a core team of four, six, eight people, and then your church begins to grow. The duties begin to multiply. The work begins to get great and gregorious. The team is tired, they burn out, and um, you have the multiplicity of issues that come with that. Yeah. All right, so there's your, there's your pitfall, right? Your team's mm-hmm. burning out because there's too many things to do and not enough hands on deck. Yeah. The other pitfall is the Great Commission is to make disciples Ooh. and to activate the gifts in people's lives. Ouch. and um the temptation is to, in the American church, the temptation is to create spectators, have a really comfortable, nice place for them to sit, keep them entertained for about an hour, have them give their tithes and offerings enough to support the church, and then just send them on their way, and you can post on Facebook about it later. That's that's the American <laughs> church.
0: I got the photograph to prove it. Right?
1: So, yeah, but, but the hard part, uh, Anthony... Is, is actually where our church is right now our church plan right now journey community is at a place to where we're about to sit down and have to craft out the leadership pipeline and we I think we've, we've we've come through a lot of hurdles and so uh, to avoid the pitfall um, that we just discussed we're going to have to work through this and so why not do a podcast on some of the content around that?
0: Make it fresh in our minds as we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. So if we dive into this pipeline talk, let's look at four main things. The why, the why not, the what, and the how. So this week, let's focus on the why. The why. The why. So Matthew 4.29, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Man, that's strong. That's powerful. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What did Jesus mean in this? What in the world was he talking about? Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Hmm. I mean, he was talking to fishermen, but he's going to make them fishers of men. Yep. Huh, what did he mean? And in that day, they lived in, Jewish,
1: uh, in a Jewish culture that that you made yourself. You're a self-made man. You follow the law. You follow the, the rules. You adhere to the stipulations of whatever the people decided to add to the rules, and then you make yourself. Um, But Jesus was introducing in this moment a whole new philosophy of ministry uh, that comes with Christ and Christ alone, and that was, follow me. He gave specific invitation, Mm -hmm. and then he said what they will receive from that invitation. Follow me, and hey, you don't have to have the pressure on you. I will make you. And then he said, fishers of men. But I want to focus on the first part of that. Follow me, and I will make you. So Jesus was creating a pattern for ministry, a pattern for uh, le- church leaders. I feel that that as we, as we bring people to Christ, we, we don't say, follow me to church. Follow me to the pew. Follow me to the Sunday school room. Follow me to the steeple and the people. Follow me, and he will make you. Follow him and he will make you. And and so we we stop sometimes at the follow part and and we just say follow to the destination instead of following to to make to to make them fishers of men to make the disciples. Now <clears throat> that was gonna be hard because Jesus was gonna spend three years, three and a half years with several of the most difficult uh, 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 <laughs> messy, diverse men that uh, ministry had ever seen and But yet he chose Indeed. to say, I want to invest in these men He was committing to them, Ant, to yeah. your question He was committing himself to invest into their lives in a very personal way yep. That was going to bring them to be fishers of men I hope that helped
0: It did I think that's beautiful, and you know, to think about this, uh, you go back and you look at uh, the Book of John, chapter one, as the call would go out. And I love the response of some. <laughs> you know, we have found we have found the Christ, we found the Messiah. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? <laughs> hey, come and see. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think that's so beautiful. Mm. So how great this truly is, and what a great call that Christ gave here. And I love how you broke that down, Jamie, and how Christ literally said, guys, I'm going to invest in you. Mm-hmm. That's what he told them. I mean, ultimately, that's what he said. He said, guys, follow me. I'm going to invest in you, mm-hmm. and you're going to turn the world upside down. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine how they felt at this moment of time? Mm. So you can imagine they would have had fear. I'm sure some of them oh, would have had doubt. Absolutely. You know, they'd be like, can this guy, What? what's, it, what, what's the goal here? What, what are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do that he's going to make them fishers of men? Are we much different today? Mm. I mean, really? And I think, you know, we, we we launch out and we do do these things, but we have to understand it's for the glory of God. Yep. And the more we follow him, the more we walk with him, Yep. the more he molds us and shapes us. And I think that's how beautiful that truly is to know that if we follow him, that he will make us. Yep. I think it's beautiful. Fishers of men, winners, winners for the, for the souls of others, for the glory of God. So let's dive into the why. You ready? Here we go. We are called to make disciples, not just have great services. Why? Well, Anthony, <laughs> because Jesus said so. <laughs>
1: Great answer. In Acts chapter one, Mark so. sixteen, Matthew twenty-eight. It is the call, of the commission of the church, yeah. and the temptation is to have great services because we oh, can yeah. we can carbon copy that. Oh yeah, you can Google a good stage platform. You can hire good worship leaders. You can train people how to be articulate, thrifty, cute, pre- you know, preaching and speaking. You can. Create good logos, banners, all the all the pomp and circumstance. We can do. We can copy that. Yeah. But you can't copy discipleship. No, you cannot. It's it's a fingerprint that each individual. It takes time of molding and crafting and crying and dig, mm-hmm. digging into their, their 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 personal issues and the, the the baggage that comes along with it. Discipleship yeah. is absolutely the hardest thing that you will and most you know in investment thing right. that you'll ever make and so yeah I think that uh, um, it is the easy thing to have good service but uh, the tough thing to actually make a disciple
0: so it's going to cost you something yep. you're going to have to give of yourself I was talking to Casey and David here just a few weeks ago and we were talking about this and David looked at Casey and he asked her a specific question and she answered it and when she answered it she stood back and she smiled and she said that's exactly the same thing that the one who discipled me would have said mm. she said it's amazing that mm. i was able to say that mm. so it's amazing how the traits and and how she realized of how the the effort and the time that had been poured into her how she was now returning that back right now she's making disciples yep so sheep beget sheep disciples beget <clears throat> disciples i think it's beautiful i think it's so wonderful how it all works out. And, you know, everybody wants to have a great service. Oh, man. You want, oh, man, let's shake this building. Yep. Man, let's shake it to the mm-hmm. core. But at the end of the day, if all I did was go in and make you feel good about yourself. Right. Did I do anything to really help you? Did I help you in any way, shape or form? To grow as a child of God living in this world, did you grow any by sitting there and let me tickle your ears, massage your back, and give you milk for a half hour? Well,
1: there's milkshakes that taste great. (laughs) Great. I love milkshakes. Yeah. You know... And, and for the moment, it, 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 you know, encouragement is, is great and necessary. And, and I think that's a, part of, that's, a, that's a part of our work in ministry is encouraging people mm-hmm. along the way. But I think that um, discipleship gets a little bit deeper than that surface level. And so it's almost confronts uh, sin and issues and, and shortcomings and, and helps them navigate those complexities. And so it's a little bit more uncomfortable for both people. Uh, to to invest in that. So I think that uh, the human nature, the flesh, the flesh is, you know, they that walk in the flesh cannot please God. You know, that, that's the whole thing that Paul uh, illustrated, highlighted. The flesh will always take the path of least resistance.
0: That's so true. And
1: the path of least resistance is to blow sunshine in people's ear and, right. to, and to move on to the next thing. Check off that box and move on. And, the hard thing to do is to is to sit down and actually navigate some of the tough, tough things that they're it's in their life. Now Jesus did it with Peter. Yeah, he called him a devil one time. Yeah, right. he, he called him Satan. You know, yep. and I think, uh, uh, but 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 then speaking into their life in a way that that is talking about that speaks to what what they can become, mm. what they can be, yeah, what they can do in Christ. I love what Jesus said at the very at the very It's almost like Their graduation ceremony mm-hmm. So they're there At the foot of um of Mount Hermon I think it was Right And it So What was called The gates of hell You know yeah. So Jesus Told them These works That you saw me do Over these last few years You will do these works And Greater works And mm-hmm. you talk about that Yeah I mean, they saw the dude walk on water. They saw him open the eyes of the blind. They saw him raise the dead. And he had the audacity to tell them that you will do these works that you saw me do and
0: greater. Yeah. What went through their mind? I couldn't imagine. I'm sure a lot of terror. I'm sure they had doubt still. It's like, man, there's, I, you can just see this, Lord, there, Lord I, I, there's no way I can do what you do, Father. There's right. no way I can do what you do. Yep. But... This goes back to he invested in them. He invested in them. And yeah, he called it for what it was. He called them out. He worked on them. He molded them and he shaped them because he knew he would not always be there, but that he would send forth the comforter that would give them this boldness to be able to go out and to exercise in these gifts. And then all of a sudden, it's going to make sense. I understand now. I understand what he was saying. And then that boldness of the Holy Spirit would rise up in them and they would speak boldly. They would talk boldly. And they saw thousands come to the, to the salvation knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amazing. My goodness. Man, that's a, that's a great one. That's great. Mm. You will do these works in greater. Thus saith the Lord Jesus. How great that is. So let's go a step deeper into the why. So if we look for success, yeah. then we also must look how will there be success? Well, there is no success without a successor. Right. So think about churches today, and it can be big churches, it can be small churches. Uh, some of the ministers, the leaders of the flocks are older in age, and there's really no successor successor plan. Who's going to take over when maybe this one's called on, when the Lord's done with them at this post and they're ready to move on to something else? If there's no successor, how can there be success in this process? Ooh, that's rough.
1: If Elijah hadn't had Elisha, oh yeah. If Moses hadn't have had Joshua, Yeah. You know, if if you know, so you have these 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 diets of handoff that Jesus gave us through the Word to demonstrate, yeah, His plan, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think I think that that. If you look across the landscape, you see so, so, so many uh, that um, situations where, um, for whatever reason, and we're going to cover that next, the, we can talk about the why not in a few minutes, maybe. But if not today, the next time. But I think that there's so many um, not investing in in the young leaders or, or you know forget whether it's going to be the next pastor or the next next uh, board member or the next worship leader, but but how how much is the body of Christ immobilized because we're not activating the gifts in the lives and we just hoard up the stuff. Now, I'm going to talk about work for a second, because, you know, my like my job, because out of my insecurity, out of my own insecurity in my job over the last 12 or 13 years there are duties and tasks that i learned really really well and i would not let anybody touch it but and i protected it because it it created value for me so what's happened is over the years i've added on more and more and more and more and more tasks and all of a sudden i'm overwhelmed and nobody has the knowledge or ability to do those other tasks and so i'm stuck doing them and and so there's no successor. There's nobody to, to to help with that. So there, then the results in me being burned out. But for me, it was my security. It was my job security. It was my um, my intimidation. But if I teach other people how to do this really hard thing, and other people know how to do this, then I'm of less value. Hmm. You know, I had that mindset early in my career, and I, I dare say that there's probably many, many, many leaders across the Christian spectrum. Uh, that probably have the same battle, uh, in their mind, uh, the insecurity. And I think that that goes back to our bi-vocational conversation or f- mm-hmm. forward thinking there. Yep. If my vocation is, is if my kids school clothes is dependent on whether the people think I add value or not, then that's, that's stress right there. So then I'm going to retain things and not delegate handoff. So, um, uh, I think that, um, Um, Anyway, I'm
0: rambling on that one. No, I like it. I go back to, I had a boss one time and I asked him how he measured his success. Never forget this. And he told me that he measured his success by when he retires, how many times people had to call him and ask him for help. Mm. And I I said, so you're wanting it set up so it'll be a smooth transition? He said, no. He said, I want people to call and ask me for help. And I thought to myself, how in the world are you setting up a good game plan for the future if you're hoarding all this in? Ouch. So, then with in process of time, I see myself moved up to this higher level, and I see these things that I saw him do, and I see these roles that he took on that nobody really knew about. And the the grass is uh, we always think the grass is greener on another side type thing. <laughs> and you see all these things and you realize Man, it would have been nice if I didn't have to reinvent the wheel here. Yep. If he could have if he could have just reached out and he could have invested in us yep. and any of these young ones that were coming up, knowing that we would face these same challenges, these same struggles, if we could have been invested in yep. these roadblocks, these pitfalls mm-hmm. wouldn't have been roadblocks or pitfalls because we would have been able to, when we came to it, we'd have been able to leap over it because it would always be right. groundwork laid and we would have known how to navigate around it. Yep what's the good thing about a good boat captain is that they know the water they're on and they know where the obstacles at are at and they know how to navigate around. Yep. Same thing with a good leader. Yep. And if you as a leader are not able to help navigate through with others, with you teaching them, then you're failing. You're failing. Yep. I, I think, and you know, we look at that as a in a business aspect But my goodness, in the house of God, my mercy, this should be the same thing. Man, I I love this saying, as new trainees would come in through the training program and as they would come in and they would come underneath you and they'd start training in my job, they would come in and I always had this same conversation with them day one. I said, I always said this to them. I said, the places I failed, you will excel. You will be stronger than I ever was. And in the weakness I had, you're going to make you stronger in it. And every question that I was ever asked that I missed, I invested in them and poured time into them. And when management would come downstairs and ask them them questions, I would sit back and smile as they would get (laughs) it right. And I felt like I was doing what I was supposed to do. I helped them navigate in uncharted territory, and they grew stronger than what I could have ever imagined being and then their knowledge and skill set far surpassed me, but I took the time to invest because I knew that these were my successors. Right. Success success breeds
1: successorship. It does. And then, you know, that's, that, that's beautiful, man. That's a good picture of it. Yeah. Because what you did there in that scenario is you empowered them. Yeah, we are. You didn't delegate to them because and that's our next our next bullet point I guess as we're <laughs> yeah. talking through this yeah. is that you know you could have easily See, I think the quote we've got written down here is: "Delegation is degrading, mm-hmm. but empowerment is edification." Right. So I think that that there's a mindset in delegation that says, "Oh, you do this little, small, menial task because it's too little for me, and I'm too big for the task, and so I'm delegating this because yeah, yeah. I'm too good for it." Yeah. That is that is not delegation. No. As a matter of fact, that's degrading. That's degrading. That is. <laughs> That is putting yourself on a pedestal, and so as a church leader to develop leaders, um, it is it is it's empowerment, and empowering people is hard, but in some ways because there's a trust factor there's there a is. there's an insecurity that's oh, built yeah. into all of us yeah. and there's if you're a leader in any capacity you probably have a little bit of ocd you probably have a little, little, little bit of adhd you probably have a little <laughs> bit of those things or else you probably wouldn't be leading you you're, you're you're a little bit you're a little bit you're you're very particular over how things are done because you want it done right and for you to trust somebody to do or John Maxwell says if somebody can do something as 80% as well as you then it's time to let them do it let them do it so it's that mm-hmm. other 20% that's like man they're not going to do it just like I would do it yeah. they're not going to you know uh, uh, you know, whatever that is just like me so yeah, I'm going to keep it yeah. you know time to let it go yeah. time to empower them um, and I'll give an example yesterday what, what day is this nope it was two days ago it was Friday um, we had our our corporate leaders um, we have a you know work for a hospital health system and we had our corporate leaders from Florida in we had our regional CEO in and we had our board and medical executive committee and it was our strategic planning day my favorite day of the year I love it so it was a a gargantuous task to organize the day and to keep it, you know, everything rolling. And so we needed, we needed innovation stations. We needed stations for people to create and, and actually draw out of the board and medical executive committee and the other community leaders, some of the, 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 the strategic nuggets that we needed to create the strategic plan going forward. So it was for, I couldn't do it alone. I needed help. So, I, I could have, and probably at one point in my career would have, just said, hey, guys, I can't do all this. I need help. I need you to do this task because, you know, I just can't. And, and it would have seemed like, yeah, okay, whatever. That's fine. I can help. You know, it's more, more of like a burden. <clears throat> but I felt, um, I felt more uh, uh, bent to actually come to those four people and say, hey, i got an opportunity for you. Uh, there, you know, I pitched it. You know, we got the strategic planning event. We do it every year. It's the board, the medical executive, blah blah blah, and said, "I, you, you have passion about this question. I want you to ask this question to every board member and every uh, C-suite leader and every medical executive committee member on on in this group. It's going to be forty of them. I want you to draw out of them the truth around the question that I know you're passionate about. Can you help us build our strategic plan going forward?" And they're like, yeah, yeah, I would love to do that. You know, (laughs) instead of you know, I I could have said, man, it's too much for me. I just need help. You know, can you come work a station for me? No, you know, so so you're drawing out of that the purpose. So then it's more of an empowerment. That listen, man, I'm giving you the key to the strategic plan for 2030, Mm -hmm. and it's your you have the opportunity. And so all of a sudden, man, their eyes lit up, and they really, really did a great job. Yeah. And otherwise, I would have, you know, five years ago, I would have tried to run all those stations myself. Mm. I would have, because I would have feared that they wouldn't do it just like me. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, yes.
0: <laughs> no, I love it. I think it's great. <clears throat> and you know, and to tie it back into the ministry, if you are a church leader today, and you have young people, your younger ones, and they don't have to be young. You've got young people in the faith that God has given them a gift and God has given them a talent, and you see this in their lives, and they're hungry. Oh, it, make, it breaks your heart, make you want to cry. You see them hungry to to be of service for the Lord, and then you stifle them. Please don't stifle them. Invest in their lives, man. Disciple them. Let them launch out in the gifts they had and and, and encourage them. Talk to them. Uh, Bounce ideas off of each other and watch them grow in God and do what you were called to do. Don't, Don't sit and think, to yourself that that it's degrading you in any way, shape, or form. But develop them. De- develop them and let them grow in the gifts that God has given them. And where you failed, watch them succeed. Wow. Where you messed up, yeah. watch them step over it. Yes. And then you can step back and smile Not because of something that you've done, but because you're doing the will of the Father in your life. That you're seeing God move in their lives and change them. And guess what's going to happen? The same time that you invest in them and everything that you're pouring into them, they're going to turn that right back around one day and pour and invest in somebody else because they remember, man, they poured into me, they gave to me, and this free gift that I've been given, I'm going to give to others. Mentorship. Mentorship. Yep. Man, we don't talk about it much. But to be a mentor, man, not just in the business world, but man, in the spiritual realm, in in the church, man, in leadership. Yep. Man, mentor the youngers. Mentor these people. What do you think a Sunday school teacher is? A Bible teacher. They're a mentor. Yep. Man, everybody looks to them. Man, I've got a question. How many times for anybody that's ever taught a Bible class out there or taught a Sunday school class, when it was over, you had somebody come up and say, man, I got a question. Yep. Man, I had a question. I mm-hmm. want to ask you this. I want you like that. Guess what you're doing? You're investing. Right. You're pouring. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Yep.
1: That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. And that's the premise, the, pr- the prerogative of the church to do just that yeah and so guys we're we're out of time today uh the, you know i think the juices are just getting flowing in the conversation but so we're gonna we're gonna continue it uh, on the next session today we talked about why we're going to talk about why not so why are we not doing these things we touched on a little bit of that today we want to dive a little deeper next time and then we're going to talk about what what does it look like how does it fleshed out What's, what's it really look like? And then we're going to talk about how. And so those are some of those really fundamental. Uh, we want to get very specific. We want to talk about how we're going to do it, how we're doing it right now, literally almost as we speak, building on our pipeline for leaders to develop and, and, and deploy them into their uh, into their uh, uh, specific roles. And We're going to get into some of those very, very, very tangible, specific details as we go. But well, guys, until next time, keep it real. Thank you for joining the Real Life Podcast. You can subscribe to our program anywhere podcasts are available.
0: Stay up to date by subscribing to our show. Join us again next week as we tackle real life together.